As they led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us. And to the hills, cover us. For if men do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Today of all days, we have to get something right. And what we have to get right is the simple admission that Jesus died. He was dead. I mean, really dead. How could he have survived what he went through on this day? He was tortured in multiple ways throughout the day. He suffered as no man has ever suffered before. You see, even as cruel as the Romans were, they were not cruel enough to have a law that would allow both 39 lashes and crucifixion. The Romans actually drew a line at that point. We will do one or the other, but we will be merciful enough not to do both. But Jesus suffered both. 
The Romans had determined that 39 lashes was the most extreme punishment other than death that they could inflict. The number 39 is a little odd. Why not an even 40? They tried 40. 40 killed every person they tried it on. 39 brought you that close to death. How could this happen? How could it be that Jesus essentially receives two death sentences? Pilate tried really hard. He tried to appease the crowd. To appease him, he says, all right, I'll have him whipped 39 times. I'll take him that close to death. But he does not deserve death. Pilate really did try to get Jesus released. He even offered to the crowd their choice to either release Jesus who had done nothing or the worst criminal they had in prison on that day. A murderer. Pilate must have thought, surely they're not going to want this animal Barabbas walking the streets again. Surely they will choose. Jesus. But no. The religious leaders incited the crowd to release Barabbas rather than Jesus. So Pilate, after 39 lashes, simply turns Jesus over to the crowd. He feared for his governorship to be lost, so to protect himself. He washes his hands of Jesus. So the 39 lashes was the Roman punishment. And now turning Jesus over to the crowd, the Jewish crowd, crucifixion was their punishment. As horrible as the 39 lashes and crucifixion was as if that was not enough at three o'clock this afternoon as the soldiers came by to break the kneecaps of the prisoners on the cross so that they could no longer push themselves up to take the pressure off of their rib cage so they could breathe they broke the kneecaps of the one broke the kneecaps of the other and came to Jesus and realized He's already dead. We don't have to break his kneecaps. But just to make sure, a soldier takes his spear and thrusts it into Jesus' abdomen. Jesus really died today. Do you understand? He was dead. He was not in some coma as great minds have speculated. Really? In a coma? To be in that bad of shape? And just 40 hours later on Sunday morning have the ability to push away a huge stone that it took two large Roman guards to put into place and to come out of the tomb all by yourself? It's just insanity. Jesus really died. 
several times today. I'm making this point so clear because to believe in resurrection, you must believe that first Jesus died. You can't have resurrection unless you have a death. So we celebrate this holy day because it reminds us of the power of what Jesus did for us. He overcame death. Now we gather today some 2,000 years after the fact. And there have been countless millions of Christians over all these years. But have you ever stopped to consider who the first person was who believed that in the death of Jesus would bring resurrection? Ever stop and think? You'd like to think it was one of the disciples, those who followed Jesus and heard all his teachings, who saw all the miracles. But no, none of them. It was the thief on the cross. As both were dying, this thief saw the miracle unfold. There were two thieves, but only one accepted Jesus. Both heard the same from Jesus, both saw the same from Jesus, but only one positively responded. This one thief without a name never got to witness anything that Jesus did. This thief never heard Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount, never heard any of the parables, never saw any miracles. And yet, he believed. He realized that he was suffering a just punishment for what he had done. But he realized that Jesus was innocent. And he signifies that belief by making a statement of belief. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's a statement of belief. It's not a question. He doesn't say, if you come into your kingdom, Jesus. He says, when. I believe it will happen. And Jesus responds with great love and infinite mercy. I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. But let's be honest. We don't particularly care for Jesus doing that. Because what we have here is a criminal. Not someone unjustly accused. He realized he had done it and he's suffering the crime. He's a criminal. So bad that the society deemed it necessary to remove his existence from the planet. But this thief, this criminal, makes a simple faith statement. And Jesus welcomes him into heaven. It just doesn't seem fair, though. Because here we are, the faithful. Be interested to know how many collective years we have of being in the faith. We have done our acts of loving service for others. We have worshipped on a regular basis. We are doing what we believe are the words and the actions of righteous folk. But this guy, with just one sentence, 
minutes before death, is received into heaven. It just doesn't seem fair. But I think it's not fair for a different reason than what you're thinking. I think it's not fair because this thief never got a chance to experience the love and the joy of living this righteous life that you and I have experienced for some time. We have the choice to believe each day and live the way we say we believe. We're saying we believe in Jesus. And thus, we will live like Jesus. We will live with mercy and we will live with grace. You see, this one thief had incredible faith because he trusted Jesus with his eternity. Can we do the same? Can we trust Jesus with our eternity? Not waiting for the last minutes and the last hours of our life to make that decision. But to make that decision right here. Right now. Can we trust in the promises Jesus gives to us? That if we believe and we live each day rightly. Can we believe that paradise will be ours as well? Believing in that promise of paradise changed this thief's heart. Believing in paradise for all of us who remain faithful should change our hearts as well. It is my hope and my prayer that God will continue to change us, mold and shape us into the likeness of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Oh,